Hello Patriots, welcome back to Survival Defense Tactics, helping you take care of yourself so others won't have to. Don't forget you can look me up on anchor.fm, if you would just go ahead and sign up for listener support. You can find me on YouTube under the same name, if you like my videos hit like and subscribe. And of course, you can always visit survivaldefensetactics.com, sign up for the email notifications at the bottom of the page. Today's topic is self-defense, and I know Many of us grown men, the Neanderthals that we are, think we've got the corner on the market about, you know, taking care of ourselves and our families and, you know, we're all tough guys. We swing caveman clubs and all that good stuff. Truth of the matter is, there is nobody prepared for every single situation. Not even me. And I know that. So I take a personal initiative to be a step ahead of any would-be attacker that has ill feelings towards me or my family. So I like to stay ahead of the curve as much as humanly possible. Granted, like I said, you can't prepare for every single scenario, but you can at least be more than all talk. Now, if you took offense to what I just said, don't take offense to it. Nobody knows it but you. Take the initiative. Self-defense is a very, very important topic when it comes to prepping and survival. Especially in this ever-changing world that we live in, if you think about it, watch the news, if you can stomach it long enough, you'll see the world's not really getting better. It's getting a little crazier. So take the initiative. Do something for yourself. Learn some skills. Today we have a very amazing guest. Uh, very first podcast guest I've ever had. I'm very, very pleased to introduce Randy Mealy. Randy and I have known each other a lot of years. We can't neither one of us figure out how many years, but we've known each other a long time. And Randy is a martial arts instructor and by the way he lives his life and the way he treats people with human interaction you can just understand that he has a peace about him so signing up with randy to learn how to beat people up you're not going to last long in this class so we've got a few questions we're going to go over with randy we're going to let him get back to his day i know he's very very busy randy thank you so much for joining us thank you sir i've got some questions prepared for you and i'm going to turn this around where you can have it okay and if you would, just kind of introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and why you do what you do. Uh, my name is Randy Mealy, uh, owner, head instructor of Web Life Martial Arts in Altus. Uh, I'm based out of Altus. I actually teach all over the state of Oklahoma and in part of Texas, wherever I'm called to. Uh, my background is quite extensive. I've done a variety of different styles, uh, including hard styles, soft styles, grappling, I even incorporate stick and knife work to my advanced students. I've been teaching for about 15 years. I've been uh, in the martial arts since the early 90s, so we're going on 30 years now. I do what I do. I believe in it. Uh, I believe in unarmed combat and the purpose of it. I know a lot of people think they carry a weapon and they're good to go. Uh, I will tell you on that note, if you're familiar with Colia uh, Noir, and if you follow this channel, you probably are. He's one of the biggest uh, Second Amendment advocates in the country right now. He actually started doing MMA a year or two ago because he was afraid of what happened if his gun got taken away from him. So it's really, really important. Uh, I believe the statistics are that uh, like 70% of officers killed in the line of duty are killed with their own weapon. So it's really important that you that you learn how to handle yourself. Uh, the, the mind is the ultimate weapon and. and Tommy, being a uh, retired Marine, you know the, the one mind, any weapon. You know, yes, sir, any, I do. That, that philosophy is, is true. It's very true. It is very, very much is. There is no set weapon that one must have except a sharp mind. 
and Randy's very right, uh, one mine any weapon, it's basically whatever you can get your hands on. And I'd kind of like to touch on something Randy just brought up about police officers being killed with their own weapon. Empty-handed combat, no joke, is your last resort. If you have one of those moments where, oh, I'm just going to run down the store and grab me a gallon of milk, I don't need my gun, that's when you better have some empty-hand combat training handy because you intentionally left your firearm at home. So, and if you don't carry a knife, if, if you are truly empty-handed, then you better be prepared. I do look a little differently on that subject, though. I think empty-handed combat is your first line of defense. And, and with that said, not, not taking it away. And the reason why I say that is in close quarters, and I, this is actually fresh in my mind because I was watching a video the other day, and your viewers, your listeners can't see the distance you and I are. I, if I go for my weapon and you're charging me, I'm probably at a disadvantage. So my first movement is to get clear and then draw my weapon. So we don't think about it that way. I'm not going to take you on hands, but it is getting clear and getting in position to use my weapon. That's kind of one that we do focus on. Um, the big the big argument over modern art versus martial art is ridiculous. And I've touched this on my social media uh, pages before. They, they're hand in hand. Your, your weapon is your tool, and you're reaching for a tool off your belt. And you need to learn to protect that tool and get to it and utilize it. It's not contradicting what you're saying, just elaborating on it a little bit more. Exactly. There's two, two points of looking at it. You say first line of defense. I say last line of defense, as in you left your weapon at home. You better, obviously now, open-handed combat is your first line of defense. And it truly should be before you draw a firearm. You drawing a firearm should always be your last resort. So you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, it's just two different ways of looking at it. And, just, and like I said, it's, it's just, I have a really different way of looking at everything. Uh, so it, my thing is, if the situation is dangerous, I'm absolutely going to my, get to my weapon, get to my tool, whatever it may be, a, a knife, a club, a, or sorry, a baton, or a firearm. But I need to be able to get to it and be able to protect it if somebody's get, trying to get to it before I do. Absolutely. Uh, one thing is, as far as why you should study in a, in a gym or a dojo or whatever you want to call it, um, versus there's a lot of stuff out there on, on YouTube right now. And a lot of people think they can go in and, and just, oh, I can study on YouTube, I'm good to go, I can watch this guy. YouTube is great. It's a good way to put a lot of information out there. It's a lot of people who have never been discovered, can be seen, and there's a lot of good information out there. But with that said, there's absolutely no, uh, no censorship in that regard that you have to be an expert to go on YouTube. And there's a lot of stuff I see on there that is simply just dangerous nonsense. Uh, today I won't get into it, but there, I have a saying that, that bad training is worse than no training. And there's a video I watched uh, last week. Uh, if you're familiar with Icy Mike from Hard to Hurt, first and foremost, I am not a fan of Icy Mike. Uh, but I will say he made a video that the biggest lie in martial arts is this will get you killed. And he said that's not true because if you're going to get yourself in that situation, you're probably going to do it anyway. Well, I do have a story. I will give you an example of that. This I won't, it's too long to get into today. But I will tell you, Somebody that has training and they've got bad training, whether it be from a bad instructor or from a YouTube video that's given them a degree of self-confidence, they're more than likely going to put themselves in a situation of danger where somebody with no training is simply just going to call for help. Exactly. And as far as what, uh, what discipline to study, you know, that's, that's really a big thing. 
I like the combination of strike and grab. I've done a little bit of everything, and I incorporate it. And one thing that we do have in our system uh, that I do like is we tie all principles together. No, I won't elaborate on everything on this, but mixed martial arts is a great concept, and I love it. I love the idea of incorporating them together. But what they've done is they've taken pieces from different styles and tied them together. It's like cutting branches off a tree, tying them together, and thinking you have, you're going to grow a new tree. If you plant it in the ground, it's not going to grow. Uh, what we've tried to do is is go back to the root and find the principles that do link everything, and then you can apply this to that. You can apply it to your stand-up, to your, to your groundwork, your, your grappling, your striking, and you just switch gears to whatever, whatever fits at the time. If you want to study a solo art, that's absolutely fine. Find a good instructor, question what works and what doesn't work. If uh, there's a gentleman that I've been following for the last uh, this year or so, he's a he's a bodyguard for. Um, pardon me, I forget the name of the group. Uh, I forget the name of the group now, but anyway, he is he's a Wing Chun guy, and I've seen his uh, some of his stuff. He actually incorporates groundwork into his Wing Chun, which is phenomenal. He made it work for him, and it works. Is he the best grappler in the world? Probably not, but he knows how to fight on the ground if he needs to, and he's, an, he's a guy that's out there. Uh, Five-Finger Death Punch is the name of the group. He's a, he's a bodyguard for Five-Finger Death Punch, and uh, his name is Randy Williams. Really neat guy. Uh, one of the few celebrities I've come across that I really like. A lot of them uh, get kind of caught up in their celebrity status and, and forget that they're human. Uh, really good guy, but I like what he's done. He's actually in a real situation. So whatever you do, find what fits you. I mean, your body type, uh, like we discussed before the podcast started, uh, judo was better for a shorter, stockier person, or taekwondo was maybe better for a lankier person. But whatever you do, practice with people outside your discipline. Make sure you can you can get in with the grapplers, uh, that you can t- practice your takedown defense. In this day and age, you don't know who you're going to come across. A lot of MMA gyms out there, and I think it's how patrols say now that it's uh, 10 in every 20 people are going to come across are going to have some degree of training. It's not like it was back in the 90s, back when we started. No, no, everything's different. Everything's gotten, well, the world has gotten out of hand. Yes. And <laughs> the, the teachings have also gotten kind of away from tradition as well. Yes. Uh, how much time should you invest in? You know, I personally, I try to do an hour a day. Five days a week, sometimes six. That I dedicate to that time. Now, in between those times, I'm doing I'm doing push-ups, I'm doing lifting weights, uh, I'm running. But I try to dedicate a, at least an hour. I'm a little bit excessive. Thirty minutes a day is plenty. Obviously, the the better you want to get, the more time you want to dedicate to it. But we all have busy lifestyles. It's really hard to get to that time. Uh, I understand with with family and jobs and other commitments, it's hard to get that time in. Sometimes I'm working in time between everything else. Uh, if you're watching TV, do some push-ups. Uh, you know, work on on some techniques while you're, you know, in between whatever your obligations are. Try to work it in throughout the day. Uh, if you follow the Bioneer, he talks about it. You know, intermittent training throughout the day. Just do something. Stretch. You keep the mindset. That the biggest thing right there is keep your mind working. Right. I made the earlier podcast and was talking about. If you're serious about prepping and you need to study up on something or physical fitness, maybe you need to dedicate 30 minutes to some kind of a cardio to prevent a static lifestyle. You may have to forfeit 30 minutes of TV time. You might forfeit 30 minutes of Xbox time, 30 minutes of something that you can give up that's not crucial. 
uh, reading a book. I love reading books, but it would be difficult for me to work out and read at the same exact time because that's how I'm going to walk into a wall and black my own eye. So if you can give up 30 minutes to an hour of something static and do something dynamic, then that sacrifice, in my opinion, is well worth it. Absolutely right. You were absolutely right on that. And that's the thing is most of the time we have that 30 minutes to an hour. We just need to manage our time a little bit better, and, and it's all about prioritizing our time. Uh, you have time, just make time for it, prioritize. And like I said, do it while you're watching TV. Do some push-ups, do some uh, jumping jacks, do something. And I don't care how good your technique is, and I've had this in this, uh, some of your softer arts, some of your internal arts, they, they don't believe in you can be, you have to be physically fit. I'm a firm believer in being physically fit. You know, and a lot of some people argue that with me, and that's fine. It does you no good if you die of a heart attack in the middle of a fight because your heart's going to be racing. You're going to be uh, winded. I've actually had my heart rate up and a little dry mouth just doing seminars because I'm in a strange place in front of people I don't know, trying to sell them, trying to teach them something that they don't have. So there's a lot of pressure. People come to us because they expect us to know what we're doing, and we sure can't. The way I look at it is, what's your life worth? It really comes down to it. Uh, if you're if you're looking for somebody, I'm kind of circling back around to looking for a, a class. But you know, check the guy. If he's if, is he willing to put forth the effort into keeping himself in shape? Uh, is he applying good technique? Is he teaching you the best information he's got? Uh, yeah, like I said, is this stuff working? And is he questions? He get upset if you question him. Ask these questions. If, if they get upset when you question them. They're they're hiding something. They're insecure. They probably need to walk out at that point. Uh, but come back around to the fitness thing is it does you no good if you get gassed in a fight. You're going to use a lot of energy. You're going to use a lot of stamina. Yes, if you get winded, you're done. You cannot get winded in a fight. Well, Randy, I think has probably heard me preach this in the past. There are three golden rules to a fight, and I'm almost willing to bet that there's probably way more than that. But the three golden rules. If a man can't stand, he can't fight. If a man can't see, he can't fight. And of course, if a man can't breathe, he can't fight. And that doesn't necessarily mean a throat punch or a lung shot. It really could be that you are simply out of breath. Once again, you're not breathing, you're not fighting, or in this case, you're not defending yourself when you're laying on the ground gasping for air. So there, there's definitely a positive note to physical fitness. And... Randy will also, I'm sure, collaborate this. You don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to be a professional bodybuilder. But you definitely don't need to be a professional couch potato. If that's what you're doing, then you are the people we are talking to. And we're encouraging you to get off the couch and do something slightly dynamic to begin with. And then build from there. As your, as your fitness level increases, so should your skill level. You should always strive for better and for more. Can I add something to that? Yes, you may. One thing I forgot to mention on the fitness level, too, is stress. And we talk about stress in a negative light, and it is. It, you know, being stressed is it causes heart problems and uh, heart disease and uh, high blood pressure and diabetes. and everything. But there's a good stress. And when you when you put pressure, uh, talk about stress, like um, there's a word for it, and I forget what it is right now, but when you lift, when you do push-ups, you're stressing your body. You make your bones stronger. 
the more uh, load bearing exercise you do, the, the stronger your bones get. So not only do your muscles get stronger, your bones get stronger, less likely to, to have injury that way too. Exactly. And the more you train, you need to experience some degree of mild trauma to be able to, because you're going to get hit. You know, we, we try to get drills and we try to move out of the way of things, and, and, but you're going to get hit, and, and especially in close quarters combat. If you're trying to stay out of the way, range of things, it's not going to work for you. You're going to set yourself up for failure. So to get in there, uh, special and training officers, they're going to get hit and trying to subdue somebody. So take that little bit of trauma and you will build your body up to it. And it comes back to a lot of the way you do that is through load-bearing exercise, through weights, through, uh, you don't do weights. You can do just calisthenics, uh, push-ups, uh, crunches. Uh, and there's different push-ups. Uh, you can do wall push-ups to start off with. You don't have to just jump right into doing full plank push-ups. Do them on your knees. You build up to it. Do an empty-handed lunge. Yes, um, exactly. Anything that keeps you from being static is obviously good for you. And by an empty-handed lunge, you can Google search that or YouTube it. You're basically just taking a giant step. And by empty-handed, you're not holding a weight. You're not holding anything to increase the resistance. You're simply taking long stride steps. You'd be amazed at what kind of a workout that is if you've never done one. Do the about 30 paces each direction. And get back to me and let me know how much fun that was. I've done that just as a challenge to realize how big of a sissy I really am. I got worked over pretty good just doing that, and that was with no weights whatsoever. The one last question I have for you, Randy, if somebody wanted to get off the couch or somebody wanted to get in shape, can they use martial arts training as their fitness program? Absolutely. Absolutely. And make sure that your martial arts program does have a, a fitness program to it. Uh, even doing basic things like forms will get your heart rate up. Uh, but, you know, there's doing punching drills and, and kicking drills and bag work. It It's all going to get your heart rate up. It's going to get you. And then your, your program should incorporate a degree of calisthenics too to supplement that. Uh, yeah, the, the martial arts is a phenomenal way to get in shape. If you go to a good a good program, the fitness is going to be a big part of it. Uh, my guys have to run, uh, as we progress them in, in rank as they come to the system, they have to be able to meet certain fitness goals. They have to start off by running two and a half miles in a certain amount of time. And we progress, as they progress, the time gets shorter. The distance doesn't, but the time gets, they give them less time to do it in. If they want to move on to the next to the next step of their training, they've got to be fit. And we got to start off with five rounds of sparring. And if you're not familiar with sparring, is a tremendous uh, cardiovascular workout. Uh, we do five rounds of excessive because more than likely in, this, in the street, it's not going to be, you know, two minutes. And it's not going to be five two-minute intervals, but it's going to be harder than five two-minute intervals. I know the, the use of force manual for the police department years ago when I read it said that a, a two-minute fight is equivalent to running two miles. I strongly disagree. It's a lot harder than that, especially when you're fighting for your life. That's another thing I want to I touch on, too, and this to me is very important it's, it's annoying to me. I'm sure it'll be annoying to anybody that can relate to this, what I'm about to say. The martial arts you're going to use in real-world application, yes or no, does it look like Van Damme in the streets? <laughs> not really, no. It's going to be very simple. It's going to be very uh, to the point. It's not going to be flashy at all. And that's what A lot of people want to see flash and fluff, and that looks really good in the movies, and that's what sells movies. 
uh, you're not going to see the real stuff normally. It's not going to look pretty. Uh, even when we're doing drills, it doesn't look pretty. Uh, it's going to be very quick and short and simple. Uh, we don't do extravagant. A lot of people come in here and they say, well, this stuff's really basic. Yeah, because that's what you're going to use uh, in anything. It's repetitive motion of the very basics, and that's what you're going to do because when, when the pressure is on, your your mind is constantly processing information. I'm going to make this short and sweet. It's going to grab, in times of stress, it's going to grab the information that it's most familiar with. So it's going to grab those most basic uh, movements that you're doing. And we discussed this before the podcast. We're not going to do elaborate scenario drills because they just don't work. You're not going to know when the attack is, and you're sure not going to be able to process all that in that amount of time. But if you practice basic move, get out of the way, load weight, drop weight, punch, kick, you know, simple, 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 repetitively, it's going to be hard enough, and it's going to take a lot of training to get that to kick in when the pressure's on. Something I'd like to add on top of that is years ago when I first started studying martial arts, it was American freestyle karate with Sensei Eddie Wilcoxon. And he got down to the point about the best fight is the one that ends quickly, and he said, let me explain why. You need to end the fight, the attack, quick. Not because you need to be robbed of making your style look pretty out in the street. It's you're robbing your opponent the opportunity to have more time to hurt you. So shutting the fight down as fast as you can is not only to keep you from running out of wind, per se, that included, but it also eliminates your opponent's ability to have more time to work you over. If you can finish it fast and get away from it, the better off you are as opposed to, you know, being there for 15 minutes and making it look pretty. That just gives your opponent, your attacker, 15 minutes to find out how you fight, what your weakness is, and then use it against you. So once the fight begins, be prepared to shut it down as fast as you possibly can, get out of harm's way, and get back with your day. Back when I used to teach the little classes I would teach. I had a golden rule. If if you've been obligated to defend yourself because you can't talk your way out of it, you can't walk your way out of it, there, there's no backing out of it. You are going to have to commit to this. Then you need to remember they obligated you to teach them a lesson. Do it quickly. Don't sit there and make it look pretty. Get it over with. Get it done. And then get back out of harm's way so you can get back to your family your friends, your job, whatever it is you're doing. Maybe you just need to go home to your cat. The point being is don't stand there and duke it out and try to make it look like something that belonged in Hollywood because I'll promise you, like Randy said, it doesn't belong in Hollywood. It belongs in the past. It needs to be behind you and finished. Can I add something to that Absolutely. real quick? And the longer it goes on, the more your opponent's survival rate is going to go up and the more he's going to, desperate he's going to become, the more dangerous the fight's going to be. I believe, and uh, I've been following Tim Larkin, I, I, I like Tim Larkin in some ways. In some ways, I disagree with him. In his mind, you either walk away or you go for injury. There is a gray in there. Yet sometimes you have to. Sometimes you can't, but just walk away. But you, you're not legally or morally justified to do injury, and you have to be skilled enough to do injury. And not everybody has that. So my thing is too is is if you have to, well, I would say walk away first. If you can't walk away that handle as passive as you can, but at any rate, like Tom said, you do not string it out because then that, that increases your increases the survival rate of your of your opponent. And as their survival rate increases, 
yours decreases. So I know Randy's on the board. I know we agree on this. End it quickly, as quickly as you can. Stop worrying about it being pretty. Worry about it being effective, and then get on home. Randy, I want to thank you for sitting in with thank me. Thank you, today. sir. I appreciate you spending time with me. I know you're you've got a crazy busy schedule. In short, I just want to tell everybody, look, if you're if you're considering martial arts as a fitness program and or self-defense program, do your research. I tell you that in almost every podcast. Do your own research because I'm not going to tell you what style or what gun or what pork and beans is best. You're going to have to research things for yourself, and this is where you start learning a lot of information. The main thing is get busy. Do something. Don't be static. Get busy. Get to living, get to learning, start getting prepared. As always, stay safe. God bless.